Hi, this is Lady C. And in the upcoming video, we will be discussing education and Jehovah's Witnesses. Everyone is not going to graduate from college. We realize that. Everyone will not be able to afford to go and they may not have a desire to go to college. So this video is not about that. This video is more so about the culture of the Jehovah's Witnesses and how they discourage their young ones from attending college. I was raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses and I can honestly say that higher education was something that was never talked about in a good way. I can remember a Watchtower lesson that we had where it spoke about a young man who went to college and it talked about all these terrible things that happened to him and even his parents. And so it was just something that was like, no, we can't do it because bad things happen. I remember an elder who loved working with computers. He wanted to work at a certain bank on their computers. And they told him, they were like, look, we would like to hire you, but you need a college degree. So he went to college. And I remember going out in service with him. And I remember him keep saying, I have to provide for my family, man. I just have to provide for my family. I don't care what the elders think. Then he got removed from being an elder. And this was the first time that I saw that there are consequences, particularly for appointed men who went to college. You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm JT. And the purpose of this video is to talk to you about the Jehovah's Witnesses and higher education. You know, higher education is something that is often discussed among Jehovah's Witnesses. But it's very interesting that the Jehovah's Witness culture has a very negative view of higher education. Hmm. One of the things that we often discuss is what is the historical view of Jehovah's Witnesses when it comes to higher education? Now, Daniel, I had mentioned to you that one of the things that we have found when you start doing some digging, mm -hmm. you will find that Jehovah's Witnesses and their views, which are very negative toward higher education, goes all the way back to Charles Taz Russell. So why do you think that is, right? So why would there be a negative view about higher education? Higher education is uh, a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting what the Watchtower's reason toward education is. Uh, they often state that because... Time is so short. Mm. The world's going to end real soon. Mm. And so they will tell this to their members. Mm. And as I mentioned, it goes all the way back to Charles Taz Russell. Mm. When Charles Taz Russell was writing the articles in the Watchtower, he even told people and discouraged people from even finishing high school. Mm. So it was less about don't get a higher education because higher education is a bad thing. But it was more about the timing at the mm -hmm. end of this system. Yeah, the Watchtower comes up with various reasons. Uh, they'll say... The world's going to end real soon. Mm -hmm. Higher education has little value. Mm. Um, and so you will be involved in an environment that will be negative. And so as a result, over the last hundred years, each new generation of Jehovah's Witnesses have missed out on being able to use many of their talents and natural gifts. But JT, what do you say to some of our viewers that would say, hey, listen, I'm getting a higher education through the organization itself. I mean, I'm essentially getting a college degree or a master's degree. And so by not going to college, so to speak, I just 
I just miss the immorality, which is a good thing. So what do you say to that? Well, it's interesting that you said that. Uh, I remember growing up as a kid, the, the society had on the back of uh, one of the magazines where you could put it for subscriptions on the back, and they all have things from their readers. And one of the readers made the comment that, you know, reading the Awake magazine is like going to a four-year college. Mm. As a result of that, literally, elders and circuit overseers all around the world, they grabbed onto that, and that is what they would often state. This is like going to college. You don't need to go to college. I remember growing up as a kid, you often hear brothers say, we know the society says it's like getting a four-year education. It's, it's not a solid education. Okay, well, tell us why. There has, it has no skills for you. People do not get jobs based on the watchtower. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, that's, and that's the basic problem. It's not even a real education. That's the problem. That's, that's the fallacy. That, that, that is the fallacy. You cannot read a magazine and then walk into someone and say, I got a four-year degree. They think you're crazy and you sound stupid. I mean, it's... You, you can't. That is the, in other words, the watchtower put that there mm. so that you would conclude, I don't need to go to a university because mm. I just read the Wake magazine. Mm. Mm. And that's, that's, that's a fallacy. The society has never said, thou shall not go to college. Okay. They have been very careful never to say, thou shall not go to college. All right. What they have very skillfully done is created a culture where you don't want to go. Ah, okay. And that is what people need to understand. It is a culture mm. you don't want to go. Mm. Average parents, when their child tells them, I got a scholarship, they are excited. They will tell other people. Mm. You, will, you will be hard pushed to find any Jehovah's Witness who will come to the Kingdom Hall and say, Johnny got a four year, they, because that's not the culture. Mm. Everyone in the Kingdom Hall, they're like, what? He going to college? Mm. So, so when you look at the history of this religion, it has, it, has, it, has, it, has, it has put forth this view that you don't need that. Now, when you start with Russell, Russell was discouraging people from finishing high school. Mm-hmm. So this, this whole idea of, of, of devaluing education beyond basic reading and writing, that's been, that's been their hallmark. Well, let me ask you this, JT, in a personal way. Mm-hmm. How has that culture impacted you and your life, you and your wife, Lady C? Being that we grew up in this religion, it's impacted us the way it has thousands, I mean, literally thousands, tens of thousands of young people. Over the years, I cannot imagine how many young people had an opportunity mm-hmm. An opportunity. That's all people want in this world is an opportunity. And they were turned down. Mm. And the reason they were turned down was based on a fallacy. Mm. The world is going to end so soon, mm. you will not need higher education. Mm. And there are, there are people who are watching this video right now. You personally know that you were one of those people who had that opportunity. And after going to those circuit assemblies, going to those district conventions, they call them regional now, same program, same program. Mm. The society has this long history of just dogging higher education, mm. poking for educated fool, all, all kind of stuff. Mm. And yet the, the flip side is when a society needs somebody at Buffalo, mm. a specialized person, mm. that's the first one they grab. Mm. I mean, I have talked to people all around the world. The society will send out letters confidential letters. Mm. They sent out a letter a few years back to the elders in certain countries where they basically told the elders, do not mention this to anyone in the congregation. They were inquiring about, do you brothers have in your congregation people with professional skills? Wow. If you do, don't even mention it to them. Mm. We're just trying to collect some information. Mm. Okay? Uh, when the society, when I was coming along, we would always go to the summer convention. You always went to the Bethel meeting. And I remember sitting in so many Bethel meetings where the brother, somebody always asked this question. First question somebody asked, any question. Uh, brother, do I need to go to college and get a degree if I get the Bethel so I can get a job in, in, in engineering or whatever? And the brother would just stand back. We want pioneer brothers. 
brothers who are accustomed to a schedule. Okay, that's what we were told. Do you know that right now, basically the only way to get in the belt is wow. you have to have a skill. They're not just bringing people who, who actually did what they were told to do, give up the college, mm. pioneer, get the get the pioneer credit, mm. and get the Bethel. No, today in 2018, you basically cannot get into Bethel without a skill. That's who they want now. Mm. And when they laid off people at Bethel, you know who they laid off? Mm. <laughs> they laid off the guys who had those skills. Mm. Well, now, off camera, we talked about uh, folks that follow this philosophy, mm -hmm. this culture, this mm -hmm. mindset, mm -hmm. and who have now gotten older and who don't oh, have the credentials. Oh, Talk to our viewers about the implications uh, on folks that have followed this, this mindset. Yeah. Um, a few years back, the society made some concessions. And they acknowledge what people have been saying for years, mm -hmm. that people are having a harder time getting gainfully employment that pays a decent wage without some skill. And so the society tried to work it in. Well, you know, there are brothers who realize that we need to get some more skill. But that's, that's always been the case, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things that happened was they wrote an article that dealt with if you're going to go to college, you want to go so that you can pioneer, mm -hmm. support yourself in the full time ministry. And I remember this very clearly. That was the free get out of jail card mm. that a lot of witnesses used. Uh, Johnny's going to college, so you can pioneer. And so what ended up happening was the circuit overseers were writing back in their reports. And we got all these young people going to college claiming they're going to pioneer afterward. Mm. And, and after that, a short time after that, the society dropped the hammer again. Mm. Um, when, we, when you start digging on this issue of education and you start looking at what the society has said, Man, it's, 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 it's very sad. And then when you kick in the fact that we're talking about people who live in various countries. We always, you know, we always think of the West. True. The United States. True. But can you imagine what happens when you live in what would be considered perhaps a third world country mm. or a country that's struggling economically? Mm. You are now telling your members, don't get an higher education. Um, I remember uh, talking to this this, uh, this former Bethelite from Africa. He used to work at the branch in, 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 in Nigeria. And he was talking about how they had people like out in the rules. And, you know, something 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 as simple as, you know, goat herding. That's what some people do for a living. Sure. And uh, how that in some of the small communities, if a child excels, mm -hmm. does very well in school, mm -hmm. the community will help put you through college mm. because they want you to go to college and then come back and be a doctor or a lawyer or you know, sure. whatever. Sure. Practice your craft back in the community so they will help advance you. And he asked me a question when he says, do you remember the article that the society did on should you leave home and leave the country? Mm. And I was thinking to myself, uh, vaguely. And then he, then he brought it to my attention. We, and so, oh, yeah, I remember this article. He says, most people in the West had no idea who this article was for. See, in the West, the average Jehovah's Witness kid, the average kid in this country, after he finishes high school, he don't leave home and go overseas. Mm. But in many of the, the, the poor economic type countries, third world countries, those people, they leave, they go to England, they go to Paris, you know, they go. And so what was happening in many of the African congregations is that young people, it was getting on the first plane, they could get over to France, over to England, they was leaving. Mm. And th that article is what they was using because as he explained, this is what the circuit overseer used when he did with local needs. He would reference this article, you know, we have young people who've left and they've gone overseas, left the country. And so once again, we see this constant pushing people down. Mm. Um, and you can only imagine the impact, like you asked before, what's been the impact? Well, the impact has been very negative. 
We have talked to so many people, oh my goodness, Daniel, whose parents back in the 50s and 60s, early 70s, had an opportunity to go to school, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. So they took what would be considered menial jobs. Now, a person might say, well, what's wrong with menial job? Right. There's nothing wrong with a menial job. But the question is, if you can do better for yourself and your family, should your religion and your denomination tell you not to do this? Yeah. I mean, especially the African-American community, black churches celebrate higher education. It's a great point. You know, there's a speaker that I, I followed over the years. He says, Be, beware mm -hmm. of the thief on the street <laughs> that's trying to steal your purse. Yeah. But especially be aware of the organization that's in the watchtower that's trying to steal your potential. Yeah. And what I hear you saying is that's what's happening here with this matter of education. Yeah. Listen, just for the viewers, I mean, just so you'll know a little bit more about me, mm -hmm. I have my master's degree and my bachelor's degree. I got my bachelor's degree from Michigan State. I got my master's degree in business from uh, Clark Atlanta University. I actually have an honorary Ph.D. <laughs> So I understand the importance of education, but I also understand that there's a lot of immorality. There's a lot mm -hmm. of bad stuff that goes mm -hmm. on at universities. Mm -hmm. I would say this, though. I have found that college and university teaches you something my aunt used to say. Trust everybody, but always cut the cards. It's like critical thinking mm -hmm. school. You, you get taught how to cut the cards mm -hmm. to push back. Now, I wonder, is that part of why the society encourages folks not to go to college beyond the reasons you said? Of course. Well, tell me more. Well, everybody knows that one of the things that college challenges you to do is to question. Mm. That is, I mean, you have professors who will say, don't just take what I said. Go back, do your homework and dig and come back and tell me what I'm wrong. Mm. That's what they'll do. Mm. Now, the culture of Jehovah's Witnesses is not the question. Mm. That is, the, the witnesses do not live in a questioning culture mm. or should i should i say if you ask the question you have to ask it the right way tell me more about that we <laughs> talked about that we talked about that right <laughs> yeah everybody knows that jehovah's i tell people people often say you know jehovah's can't ask any question well actually you can you know you can ask questions but you have to ask it the right way mm. how's the right way well you have to ask the question in the context of that you're not questioning what is in the watchtower mm -hmm. you merely don't understand it you don't have the ability to grasp what they want you to know and understand so you're asking the question as i'm, well, I'm not trying to say y'all wrong i just kind of slow i can't quite grasp it so re-explain it to me again got it and see that's not how you ask a question because sometimes people the reason you're asking the question is because you're letting them know, I don't think what you know is, is correct. You know, you're giving me an aha here, right? So college or university, had, we talked about culture. Mm -hmm. There's a culture there of asking the question, yes. challenging the position. Yes. And that goes directly against the culture of the society of the witnesses that say the opposite. Everything. I mean, if you look back historically, I mean, just historically, uh, the church, um, that was why they didn't want people to learn how to read the Bible. Because if you have people who can read, that means they're going to have questions. Mm. And that means they will probably question some of the things that you present as truth. So the correlation I just got was, and then so the society says, if you have people going to college, they're going to question what we say. What we say. And if they can think, yeah. they're going to push back on our positions. Yeah. So even though college mm -hmm. does have some downside mm -hmm. in terms of immorality, I'll acknowledge that, mm -hmm. but it has some upside in terms of critical thinking. Mm -hmm. You could argue college and university really is critical thinking school. Yeah. And that culture runs diametrically opposed to the Jehovah's Witness culture that says, uh, follow our lead. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it, it's interesting that you said, but, but 
here's also something to consider as well. Uh, Jones will often use that. Well, you know, the, the culture in, in college it may have immorality and drugs and so on. But see, the same 18-year-old that graduates from high school, he's not going to go get a job and work with the same people. Mm. So, I mean, you, you, he's going to be working with the same people. Mm. And Jones wins are getting this fellowship working on regular jobs. Here's what I always find. When people are told that this is what God says, you're going to run into problems. Mm. When you convince people that I should not go to school because the world is going to end so soon, mm. and it's the culture, the talks that are given, would you polish a brass ship? Mm. One of the watchtowers that dealt with education about how you have to face the fact you will never grow old. Daniel, do you know that the 17 and 18-year-old Jehovah's Witnesses who read that article mm. are now in retirement. Mm. Mm. Why? Because the watch doesn't know what he's talking about. Mm. And so now you will often hear, and this is what's interesting now, mm. Jehovah's Witnesses have now changed their tune. Mm. I've talked to witnesses and, and, and they'll say, well, you know, we, we need to uh, live our life like, like the end will end tomorrow, but we need to plan for the future. Now, I remember brothers who used to try to sell witnesses retirement insurance, retirement mm. packages. Mm. Brother, we won't need that. Mm. System going to be gone by then. Mm. And so the watchtower is always a day late and a dollar short. Mm. And so we see this constant aspect of how witnesses are often controlled by their culture. They want to remain acceptable, but in order to fit in with the culture, you have to do certain things. Now, off camera, we also talked about the financial implications oh. of all this, that because there's been a lack of education, therefore lack of credential, therefore lack of, of yeah. economic fitness, that as a person matures, they're even more dependent on the organization. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, since we have been doing these videos, we've often heard from uh, witnesses who have parents who are now getting up into age. And because of the influence of the Watchtower in terms of how they would plan for their future, in essence, they didn't plan for their future. Right. They now are struggling. I mean, they are literally struggling. See, we always think about, once again, the United States, mm. where you got Social Security and all this kind of stuff, welfare. When you start moving around the world, man, where mm. witnesses are in all kinds of countries, mm. there's nothing there. Mm. And so these people are now suffering when they didn't have to. That's what, And that's really the sad part. They didn't have to. You know, you got a lot of passion around a lot of subjects, but I sense that there's some double passion around this whole subject and this global implications because you're bringing in the global view, right? Because we do think Western thoughts. Why so passionate about this? Well, I was one of those who were affected by it. Mm. Um, when I was coming along, uh, like most witness kids, you learn to study. You learn to do research. You, 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 studying has become second nature. Mm. So you often excel in school. Mm. Well, I had the opportunity to go to college as well. And like so many other witnesses, mm. I stood on platforms and told people, I'm turning it down to go to Bethel. Mm. And I remember so, I remember brothers used to give talks about going to Bethel. And I remember these statements they used to make such as, Jehovah never lays off. Mm. So you can pursue a career in the Pioneer <laughs> Service, in Bethel Service, because Jehovah never lays off. Man, over a thousand Bethelites got laid off a few years ago. Mm. They hit some serious reality. And we're talking about guys who had like 25, 30 years at Bethel. They mm. were told, go home. Mm. And when a Bethelite leaves Bethel, the day he walks out the door, he has no insurance coverage. Especially if he's married, mm. he has no insurance coverage. Mm. He has no health, dental. He has nothing. Mm. Uh, we have had the chance to talk to people who are in congregations where Bethel lights mm. actually moved in. And it's very sad. Mm. Brothers told me, go sign up for these uh, things down in the welfare and go sign up for some of those programs they got going. 
And it's like, oh my goodness. Mm. And so this is how people have been impacted so greatly, man. So JT, for the viewers mm -hmm. that have been watching this who are thinking, yes, that's me. Yeah. Yes, that's my that's mom. That's my... <laughs> what should they do now? What's the recommendation? Or as, you, as I like to say, what's the call to action? If they're nodding their head, yes. Or there's a relative that has a loved one that is an active Jehovah's Witness. What do you do? Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, you're somewhat limited for what you can do for others, but you can start doing something for yourself. Okay, tell me. And that's why we have always encouraged people to realize that it is never too late mm. to go back to school. Okay. Uh, you can go back. We went back to school mm -hmm. and we were able to graduate. Um, we went to night classes. We would take one semester off. But over a period of time, we eventually were able to get our degree. Um, and you can do that too. That's the big... I, I, we have talked to witnesses who will say... I can't make it, but I'll help my children. Well, actually, you can. Mm. It's never too late. I mean, we are talking to people who are like 35, 45, 55, 60 years old mm. who are returning back to school. Mm. And there's always an interesting person at almost every graduating class in almost every college. Mm. And that's the one who stands out. Mm. And you'll see this older person, 60, 70 years old, going up on the stage mm. to get their diploma. And that and and they actually become the most encouraging thing to people watching. So, so your point is, it ain't over until it's over. That's it. To the family, go back and get it right. Um, in the organization, when you go back, you look at how long this organization has been doing this. Mm -hmm. We're talking about going back over a hundred years, mm. creating this culture. Mm. Um, when I think about it, all the people we're talking into the millions of young people who've gone through the Kingdom Hall mm. and heard these speeches, seen those dramas at the assembly, seen those skits at the Kingdom Hall, and all of them has a negative connotation toward higher education. Mm. As a result, it impacted the decisions that they make. Mm. Um, we talked about how people are now retirement age mm. who had the opportunity, they didn't go to school. Mm. So we see the impact is just tremendous on people and their lives every day. So how many people, grand total, do you think have been impacted over the decades, so to speak? You talked about how many people go to the memorial. Talk to our folks about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, when you consider how many people just attend the memorials now, mm. the, the memorial attendance is like almost, some, it's, it's, we're talking 20 million people. Mm -hmm. Many of those are Jehovah's Witness kids. Mm. I mean, these are not exactly new people who are just coming into the kingdom hall. These are Jehovah's Witness kids, grandkids, mm. great-grandkids, and many of them, same scenario. Mm. They have came in, picked up just enough of the teachings, and they have made decisions on their lot, in their lives in this area of higher education, and mm. they have been impacted. I mean, the numbers are just phenomenal. So this whole subject is devastating. Yeah, um, because, I mean, think about this. Um, you have an entire religious denomination that is ranked at the very bottom, mm -hmm. at the very bottom of every single study, Pew report, when it comes to education. Mm -hmm. And then the sad part is, what is the reason why? Mm -hmm. See, there are very few people who will tell you, I did not plan for retirement because I thought the world was going to come to an end. Most of us, well, I didn't get around to it, or I didn't save enough. A witness can literally say, I thought the world was going to end by now. Mm. So <laughs> this is the type of culture that this religion has. And as a result, the society don't have to say, thou shall not go to college. Mm. They simply just create the environment, mm. and it just takes care of itself. You're making fabulous points. Let's double-click on something you said off-camera also about countries and who, who countries... 
look to yes. connect yeah. that down. We, we were talking about how it's interesting that historically, and this is just historically, uh, when countries overthrow another country, mm. the first people they put in prison or the first people they put to death is oftentimes those they consider intellectual. Mm. They go to the colleges. I used to work with a guy from Iran. His father was a professor. Okay. When the Shah fell, the very first place they started was right at the university. They started killing all the professors. Mm. He, they had to flee to England, then they ended up from England, they came mm. over to the United States. And so they understand so the society understands it's easier to control mm. an uneducated, unquestioning group of people wow. than to have a whole crowd who's raising their hand asking questions. Watch what happens when we have you remember what happened when we have just a simple vote on something. Mm. They would ask the question. Anybody got any questions? Everybody's sitting there scared to death. I ain't gonna raise my hand. Everybody mm. don't look at me. But if you went to like a homeowners association, mm. everybody got their hand up. Mm. Because people feel free to ask questions. Mm. So witnesses know when, where, and who around they can ask certain questions. They can try to fake it, mm. but they know there's certain questions you can't ask. Wow. You get in trouble. <laughs> So you heard me earlier use a little uh, idiom here, oh, yeah. always cut the cards. Yeah. And what that's about is, well, it's about trust. If you've ever been a card player or know any card players, you always cut the cards just to test. Trust everybody, but you always cut the cards. And when you go to university or college, what you have are people who cut the cards. They push back. They yeah, challenge. Push back. And those are the first to go in the countries because those go. are the least that they control is what I hear you say. That's exactly right. So, you know, we went out into the ex-Jehovah's Witness community and we talked to a number of people that either went to college or who didn't go to college or weren't given an opportunity to go because they were discouraged from going. And we got uh, some people that wanted to share their story and in the upcoming segment, they are going to do that. Be sure to watch this video all the way to the end because what each person has to say is very interesting and you may be able to learn something from their experience. In high school, I had this really awesome music teacher and she was the first person I felt like whoever encouraged me to go to college or that was the first time I even thought about it. When I joined the choir, I was given a couple of solos and it just like, it was so much fun. I just really, really love singing and she saw that in me and so she encouraged me to go to school and either get involved in performance or teaching music or anything that I wanted to do. That was the first time I ever thought about possibly going to college. And so it was my sophomore year in choir that our school got invited to go to New York City to sing at Carnegie Hall. We were so excited and we found out that there was going to be two solos and I actually got one of them. Um, I would be singing an Italian piece. Two weeks into after we got the invite, we were really rehearsing and practicing and I was just like, this is like such a dream come true. I finally had to break the news to my parents. Of course, as you know, there was no way I was going to be able to do this. They were in total disagreement with it because of course, God's kingdom comes first. And I think they felt my feelings about this was more serious than ever. Like this was the direction that I wanted to go into. And I was not falling in line to what they 
wanted, which was for me to focus on my spiritual goals. And so I wasn't able to go to Carnegie Hall and it was so devastating. Um, they actually told my music teacher and she was just in shock because all the other kids were going. Every parent was excited for all of us. And so it just like wasn't, it wasn't clear to her as to why I couldn't participate. Like this was something that any parent would be excited about and want to support. I just remember her pleading to them, you know, trying to tell them like, this is super important. And she could not understand why my parents were acting like this. So anyway, that was such a, a moment that I'll never forget. Hello, my name is Christian and I used to be a Jehovah's Witness. Um, I can remember since my time as being a Jehovah's Witness that going to college or university was never something that was encouraged. Um, we never were encouraged through that, either through the literature or through public talks. Um, I can remember that I there was a time when I very much wanted to be an airline pilot. And I was even going to school for that. And the circuit overseer came and we went out in service and he asked if I wanted to do more for Jehovah. And I said, of course I want to. And he said that my goals of wanting to be a pilot was not something that was very good uh, as a Jehovah's Witness and that it would be best if I would not pursue that and pursue a different type of career um, so that uh, I can go to all the meetings and I can serve better at the Kingdom Hall. And so I stopped halfway uh, at that time because I thought that was the best course. And today I'm a house cleaner, a toilet bowl cleaner. Uh, I wish I didn't listen to him knowing what I know now um, but that is how it is and I know that many other Jehovah's Witnesses were discouraged as well from pursuing any higher education yeah so that's my experience raised as a Jehovah's Witness I was not allowed to pursue higher education since I was born into a family full of talented musicians, I naturally wanted to pursue a career in music with the goal of becoming a songwriter and producer. But instead, I was constantly reminded of the importance of putting organizational pursuits first, which really handicapped me when it came to education. I was told that since the end is near, all we have to do is get by until Armageddon comes. I was heavily pressured to learn a trade like carpentry or plumbing which in itself is nothing to look down upon by any means. But my family had aspirations for me to follow in the footsteps of my brother by going to Bethel, and having a trade would increase my chances of getting accepted. But I had no desire to go to Bethel, so then I was pressured into getting a certification or two at a community college, which was the bare minimum. And I ended up regular pioneering for three years, fresh out of high school. So instead of pursuing a career that I wanted for myself, I was forced to give most of my energy to the organization. I was still living at home, so the rules were to either do as told or live elsewhere. 
And since I was fresh out of high school, the latter option really was no option at all. There was nowhere for me to go because no JW is going to take in the child whose parents are an elder and a regular pioneer. I'm now 32 years old, and even though I'm a little older, my passion for music has only continued to grow. I'm now getting the education I longed for when I was younger, and many doors have opened as a result. It's never too late to take your life into your own hands and make it whatever you want. It's up to you. This is Curtis from the Sundance 88 YouTube channel. The prevailing attitude my family held about higher education was that if you did plan on going to college or any form of higher education, it was really displaying a lack of faith because um, the opinion was the world is going to end momentarily, anytime now, days, weeks, certainly not, not years or decades. So if you were hedging your bets by planning on uh, going to higher education or college, uh, it was really thought of at the time, at least in the area where my family was from, that you were displaying a lack of faith and you were a bad example. At the time I was attending school, nothing had fundamentally changed about that. Um, so when I was in my, my early elementary years, um, when they would go around the classroom and, and ask the students, what did you want to be? What did you aspire to be when you grew up? You know, when I was a little boy, I would actually answer the question, I wanted to be a rubbish truck driver because I thought it was really cool to not only drive this great big truck, but move all the levers and all that. But by the time I was getting into some of the, the later years of school, into middle school, say, and my teachers were recognizing some of the scholastic aptitude that I had, and they would come around the room and ask that same question, what did you aspire to be? And I would answer kind of the same way. It was shocking because my teachers felt that I wouldn't be living up to my potential if I wasn't setting my, my goals to, to aspire to something perhaps a little bit higher. That resulted in a lot of parent-teacher conferences where the teacher's like, wait a minute, is, is this just something that my student has the opinion of? Or are the people who are giving him guidance and, and, and encouraging him, is it your family that's actually recommending this uh, this to you? So anyway, what ended up happening was uh, at parent-teacher conference after conference at the time in the early 80s, there was a brochure called School and Jehovah's Witnesses. So my parents would very dutifully bring in that brochure and say, well, this explains everything. This is what, uh, you know, um, Curtis is a Jehovah's Witness, so therefore these are uh, a variety of his beliefs. And so maybe that would be helpful. And most teachers would take that brochure and set it aside is to say, listen, I'm not really interested in reading literature about a specific faith. I want to know specifically about your family and about my student. What what do you think? What, what, what do you believe? And I think the reason that's important is because the theocratic type of instruction that you receive as a Jehovah's Witness teaches you specifically what to think. So here's a brochure that details what a witness believes. Higher education doesn't teach you what to believe. Higher education teaches you how to think to come to your own conclusions based on weighing evidence and, and, and critical thought and, and all the elements that, that go into uh, higher education, not having opinions just simply spoon-fed to you. 
And I thought that was kind of telling at the time when I would hear what my teachers and, and parents talked about. Because of the environment that a witness is typically raised in, um, we're thought to believe that um, God's kingdom is going to be the solution for everything, whether it's sickness or, or economic problems or emotional problems, whatever the issue, God's kingdom is going to miraculously take care and resolve all of those things. And so people who have been a witness for an extended period of time, it, it, that's very, um, that's a, a, that's got a certain appeal to it for sure. And I guess the one thing that I would probably just say as a caveat is that if, if somebody who did not have the benefit of being able to go to school or maybe turn down a scholarship or didn't attend college is thinking to themselves, if only I did, boy, all of my problems would have been solved. That's not true either, because there are plenty of people that I think all of us know that did attend higher education and they struggle with the same issues that, that all of us do day to day. So just as it might have been poor advice to say, hey, God's kingdom is going to take care of everything and let's just wait till it gets here. I think by the same token to say, oh, if only I can go to, to school, if only I go to higher education, that is going to also miraculously fix all my problems. Um, might it find you in a different station in life? And absolutely. Uh, but I, I think we also need to be careful not to put uh, too much of a uh, of, of a goal in front of ourselves that higher education is, is, is going to, to fix everything for us. So just to, you know, kind of play equal time there. I was one of the lucky ones who's really my mother, God rest her soul, pushed me to go to college, except that wasn't without its cult consequences because I wasn't baptized and neither would they let me get baptized until this whole college thing was over because of my midweek sporadic meeting attendance. So as you can imagine, in your late teens, early 20s, I'm pretty much isolated from the people of the cult as far as friends and even dating. And I'm isolated from the people of the world because I'm trying to get into this cult. So that was a very challenging time. And even after I did graduate, it was at least a year, a year and a half before I qualified for baptism. I suppose I had to prove myself. That's my story. Thanks, JT and Lady C for having me on. Right after I graduated high school, I went straight to college and I am very happy that I made that decision. My mother, who was a devout Jehovah's Witness, supported my decision to go to college despite what the Watchtower organization taught us against college because she knew that getting an education would be important for me in order to get a good job that would allow me to support myself. And she was right. Once I graduated from college, I was able to get a good job and it did allow me to support myself. When I was in college, I stayed on campus for three years and I am happy that I stayed on campus. Staying on campus for me was personally a good decision because it allowed me to transition into adulthood as opposed to just diving into the deep end. Living on campus taught me how to adult. I was able to budget for myself. I had my campus job and I had to make it work. But one of the big things about college was that it helped me to socialize with people in a way that I hadn't been able to in the past. So I made friendships and these friendships were lifelong. Some of the people that 
I met in college opened my mind and helped me to see things in a way that I hadn't seen them before. So my perspective on life became different and essentially it was a better perspective on life because I didn't see things as horrible and bad and gloomy as I used to but instead I started to see that there were good people in the world and that the Watchtower organization was wrong about people being mean and bad and awful and treating each other terribly. In fact, college proved to me that people were kind and generous and that is the nature of a lot of people. And so I went to school with students that were like myself just trying to figure it out and in meeting these people I learned that I am a part of the world. Um, it's not me against the world. And so I had a great experience in college. One thing for me that really helped with my experience in college was that I was able to keep up with my studies. Uh, I had already developed good study habits. I was able to take really good notes. Using these skills worked to my advantage and it allowed me to get good grades and to get opportunities that I probably wouldn't have gotten had I not excelled so highly in college. So one of the exciting things that happened to me was that going to college, they put my face on a billboard. And I mean, they put me like front and center, smiling at people who are passing by. And I mean, it, it, it caught me caught me off guard. Uh, one of the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, she was the first one who told us that I was on a billboard. So we got up, we went outside that night, drove down to our downtown city and we saw it and literally I was blown away. So the next day I uh, sent an email thanking uh, my dean for putting me on a billboard and she was like, no problem. You know, we were happy to use you. We, you know, you were so good in school and still to this day, it's still up. It's been up for the entire school years. Any closing comments or ideas or suggestions for our viewers? Yeah. Once again, when it comes to education, it's never too late. Mm -hmm. You can go back. People around you will support you, and you can do it. Outstanding. And I would say what my aunt told me, trust everybody, but always cut the cards especially when it comes to the organization. Hey, this is your boy, Heavy D, and this is the B-Boy Bethelite. And this has been Lady C. Thank you for being in our audience. And good to see you on another video. This is JT. Hey, this is Lady C. Thank you for tuning in to The Critical Thought. We appreciate having you in our audience. Not only that, but we invite you to subscribe to our channel and be sure to hit that bell so that you can receive notifications when we upload new content. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and also give us a thumbs up if you like this video. Thank you for being in our audience. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.